1: Mr. Oster, front and center, ready to go to work. Don't forget DougOster.com for everything that is The Organic Gardener, and he is here every Sunday, Rob Pratt Sunday until 8 o'clock. And we want you to call in right now with your gardening questions because we're going to go right to your phone calls at 866-391-1020. So if you have a question for Doug, 866-391-1020. And as always, we begin by giving you an opportunity to win a $25 gift certificate to Sorgals in Wexford. So if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, You will win it. Good morning,
2: Mr. Oster. Good morning. Oh, it's been quite a season, hasn't it? Mm. And uh, finally, a break in the weather, cooling off a little bit. Days are getting shorter. Oh, no. Summer is winding down.
1: So I alluded to this. This is as local as it gets. So yesterday or Friday when I was in for Rick Dayton, I'm coming to work and I'm down in Carnegie, only in Pittsburgh, and I thought it was just beautiful. In the middle of a construction site in a parking lot, there was a gentleman who you could tell he works for a living, much harder than you and I, and he's out there in his work clothes and his work boots, and he's got a bunch of buckets, and he's kneeling and doing something, and there's leaves coming out of these buckets, and the closer I got, I realized he had four buckets of tomato plants right smack dab in the middle of a construction site, and he was watering his tomato plants, and I thought, that's why
2: I love Pittsburgh. It was beautiful. Oh, that is awesome. That is Pittsburgh, isn't <laughs> uh, yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> man.
1: And so one thing about tomatoes, you get a little dirt and some sticks for a steak,
2: you can grow them. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh-huh. Although it's been kind of a tough year for most people with tomatoes.
1: Although Nan Cohen gave me some of her tomatoes that she said you helped her out with, and they, I ate all six of them last night. Were, oh, my gosh. They were
2: delicious. I wonder what they were.
1: She, I don't know, but she they were the very long... Oh,
2: of- that's right. She did send me... Oh, that's right. She had blossom end rot.
1: Yes, that's what it was, Uh, and and you came to her rescue.
2: There's nothing to it. (laughs) Well, they
1: were great, by the way, so thank you to you and thank you to her.
2: Oh, there you go. Uh, So we might as well talk real quick about Blossom and Rod, even though we've covered it a lot. Uh, It's when the bottom of a tomato has that little black thing on it. Uh, It's it's a bad thing. Uh, The good thing is it's just a watering issue, even though it's also a calcium issue. The calcium is, is almost always there. And then you need water to get it up to the plant. So these times like now, when things dry out uh, and the tomatoes can't get their their water, you're going to get that blossom end rot. So just keep the soil evenly moist and you'll avoid blossom end rot. The nice thing is that if you do see blossom end rot on your bottom tomatoes, that the tomatoes above it will, with proper watering, will rebound and you'll be Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Joe Ham's Daffodil Garden. I talk about that place a lot, but they are offering up some of their rare and unique daffodils. And uh, if you want to grow something different, something cool, plus support the nonprofit garden down in Washington County, uh, there is a whole list and and order form and everything at my website, DougOster. dot com. But just the process is so cool, and it might be too much for some people in that you get a list of names of daffodils and what division they are. There's like 14 different divisions. And so for me, when I hear Division four, I know that it is a, a double, uh, but you'll get the hang of that. But what you do is you get the name, you plug it into this thing called daf Seek, and then there's a picture of it, and then you could decide whether you like it or not. It is... Uh, it is one of the most fun things that I do. I, I, I've got the uh, DaffSeek uh, website open on my browser uh, over the last few days just because I'm looking through these names and looking for some something cool, something old, and it's exciting to first help Joe out a little bit because it is, Joe Ham's Daffodil Garden is the greatest collection of blooming daffodils I've ever seen, and put... April on your calendar, mid-April, to go down there and take a look. And one of my favorite stories from down there, and one of the daffodils that's being offered, is called Catherine Hepburn. And so Spencer Tracy was an actual name variety, uh, I think 1946. And it was growing in uh, Joe's garden there. But uh, his sister and uh, a a friend from down the, the, the road Help him, and they're making sure all the daffodils are the right ones that are coming up and everything. And they realize that there's no Catherine Hepburn, no named Catherine Hepburn variety. And so, when Joe found an unnamed daffodil somehow, I think it might have been a sport, he named it Catherine Hepburn. And now it grows a couple beds away from Spencer Tracy. So they're together again. I'm definitely going to order some Catherine Hepburn. I just, I love the story. Uh, so take a look at that. It, you know, we're getting close to bulb planting time a couple weeks away, and that's one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, even though it's not instant gratification, boy, that next spring is amazing. And I'm on Pittsburgh T- Today Live tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., and I'm building a spotted lanternfly trap, and it's just out of simple materials, uh, my friends at Hastings Hardware, when they see me come in, they kind of chuckle because they know how inept I am at hammers and screwdrivers and that sort of thing. And so I brought the plans in with me and we spent a half hour putting everything together, but it's pretty easy to make. It's just some simple screen and a couple pieces of scrap wood. And as soon as, it, if you don't get to see it t- tomorrow live on Pittsburgh Today Live, I'll, I'll post it to, to the website and you can see how it's done. In this week's in the Garden, brought to you by the Davy Tree Expert Company, my new video show. It's online right now at and it's showing how to make compost the right way and how to use it in the garden. I've got more bargain planting, of course. Oh, man, there's so many good deals at nurseries right now uh, where you can get something. You know, one of the things I love planting right now is like a begonia, tuberous begonia, because I, get, I can save the tuber at the end of the season, or bring it in as a house plant. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, and uh, I'm showing off one of my favorite indestructible shade perennials. And we're going through progress in the garden. My peas are doing good, my late-season peas. And then a really important segment from Rob Crueljack from the Davy Tree Expert Company. He talks about how to keep your family safe from ticks. I guess there's a not a necessarily a new disease, but a disease that is... Is popping up regarding ticks again so that's all at dougoster.com that's my video and i'm having a lot of fun doing it in april my trip to portugal sold out but i'm headed back to tuscany in october of 2023 and even though it's over a year away i'm already about one quarter sold on that i got 10 or 15 seats already booked because people love going to italy like I said, it's a long way off, but this is my dream trip. I've, I've dreamed of, of taking people off the beaten path in Italy. We will see Florence and Pisa, but the rest of the trip we're through little towns, and to me, that's the best part of Italy. Uh, I, you know, I love Italy. If you've never been to Italy before, there's also a three-day extension to see Rome, because uh, if you do go to see Italy and you. Never seen Rome. you got to see that. All that information at DougOster.com. Something to think about for the future. But as I said, it's it's selling pretty good.
1: All right. What we're going to do, take a break. We'll come back. We'd love to hear from you. Doug wants to talk gardening. All of our lines are open. So, as we like to say, early bird gets the worm. Give us a call, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. Next hour, it's everything from salmon, tuna, tilapia, Cod, haddock, summer seafood, especially on the grill, on the Coons Cooking Hour. But up next, your calls for Doug Oster, com. This is The Organic Gardener on KDKA. Bernie, you're on KDKA. How you doing, Bernie?
3: Good morning. Question for you about uh, can you still prune your holly bushes?
2: Yeah, yeah, you'll be Okay. The the only thing with the holly, it's tough as nails. We just don't want to go too late into the season because any if it does put on new growth, it can't harden off. But uh, first off, think about what is the reason that you want to prune it. So talk about that first. Is it in the way or the way you want it to look? Well, no. These are one's getting pretty tall. The other one's getting uh, a little too wide, and it's like blocking part of a walkway now. So we you know we need to do something. Yeah, you got to have people space never take more than one third of the shrub off and I would get to it pretty quickly because you do want any new growth to, to harden off. We probably stop pruning. you know again, with hollies, you can get away with a lot with a holly, but uh, probably stop mid-September. so get it done and and take your time, very carefully look at what needs to go and and where you want to make those cuts. You don't just want to give it a haircut and you want to trail take that all the way back to, you know, sometimes all the way back to the main trunk. So uh-huh. just take your time, make a cut, step back, take a look, because uh, otherwise you'll get in there and you'll start tearing that thing to pieces. And then when you look, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I took way too much out. So just take your time. Okay. Right, thanks very much. Thank you.
1: All right. 866-391-1020. What's going on in your garden?
2: Oh, man, It's going crazy. It's going absolutely crazy. Good year? uh, So far. It's okay. Not great. Not a great tomato year for me. Uh, That's rare. Yeah, I know. Uh, Otherwise, I'd be bringing you in tomatoes. That's
1: okay. (laughs) Listen, what about beans and all the other things?
2: Yeah, you you know, uh, I got a a second and third crop of beans coming. Uh, I, I think the most successful thing for me this year was probably cucumbers. Really? Cucumbers went crazy. I always plant, you know... We always have these different reasons that we plant things, and my daughter just loves cucumbers. And you know, I would plant cucumbers anyway, but it just has a special meaning because whenever she comes over, she wants to wants to take home cucumbers and sending plenty of them home, that's for sure. What I did with that, though, I wanted to. I always like to grow the cucumbers up, uh, get them off the ground, uh, just because even though cucumber beetles fly. They spend a lot of time down low, and so I want to keep the cucumber beetles off there. But I built a trellis out of some bamboo, and but besides the cucumbers growing up there, I've got scarlet runner beans and morning glories. And so you get some flowers along with the vegetables. It, it's fun. you know. I used to say that morning glories wouldn't take over my garden, but uh, I do have one spot where I've got lots of morning glories. I love them. You know, if they get in the way, I'm just going to cut them out of there. But uh, I just, I love morning glories just doing their thing, self sowing. The other thing that I have that's self sowed this year is a flowering tobacco. And it's called, that's called nicotiana. And again, something that's just going to grow and, and throw its seeds down and then reseed itself is awesome. And then the other thing I was thinking last night, I wrote this down amazing, right. amazing kale. Uh, And so I was going to have Rob sing, Amazing Kale. Kale. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I planted this kale a couple different varieties last year at the end of the season, wintering it over and assuming that it was going to go to seed and then die. I mean, that's what biennials are supposed to do. That's what kale is. It's technically a biennial. And they've set seeds and drop their seeds, but they're still growing. And so, and these are still like, some of them are in a cold frame, some of them are in a container. And I think I'm going to have kale all fall also, which is awesome. You know, uh, it's kind of perennialized, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it's just fun to to see what's going on there. And then speaking of setting seeds, this is time to start thinking about saving your own seeds. I don't know if you've ever done it. Um uh, Oh, is there a caller? Yes, there yeah, is. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about saving seeds in a minute. Hey,
1: Joy, you're on KDKA. Good morning.
3: Good morning. I, my question for Doug is: uh, two years ago, I planted an orange seed, and it is three feet tall with beautiful, glossy leaves. However, it has not branched out, and I'm wondering how, what I can do, or is this something that will never happen?
2: It'll eventually find its its way. Don't worry about it. Uh, that tree should be outside in the summer, and then of course inside during the winter. And don't overwater it when you bring it back in. How how old is it now?
3: It's two years old.
2: Oh, that's pretty amazing. Has it ever bloomed?
3: No, and I, as I say, it's just like a jack-and-a-beanstalk. It just keeps growing taller and taller. And I can see in the lower part lower part of the stem, it seems to be developing like a bark. I mean, there's like, you know, uh, uh, it seems to be more woody looking than, yeah. than the upper part.
2: Yeah, just let it do its thing. And as I said, you know, it's going to be happier outside until... The end of September, you know, the more light it gets and the more humidity, the outdoor humidity it gets, the happier it's going to be. And then, like you did last year, overwinter it and eventually you're going to get a nice looking tree and it's it'll do its thing. It'll start to branch out a little bit. That's fun. It, wait till it starts blooming because that's, that's the best thing about growing fruit trees is, is have, wow. having them inside like that when they bloom, just the, the fragrance of an orange tree or, or a lemon tree when it blooms is just amazing. Uh,
3: my granddaughter uh, gave me an orange blossom tree. Well, it's a bush. And so I'm growing that outside, mm-hmm. obviously. And I can't wait because I heard that it has a beautiful fragrance
2: to it. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for your call. All
1: right. Good time to load up these phones. So uh, get going, folks. 866. 866- Three nine one ten twenty. You know Janowski's in the canning season is here, and I know you were out there grabbing some garlic recently. Tell me about that.
2: Oh man, it was last week, <laughs> and you grabbed a lot of it. Oh yeah, I, I have uh, a bunch of projects coming up for Farm to Table Western Pennsylvania, mainly being the Fall Home and Garden Show, which is at the end of September. And I'm that's be... kind of exciting. Oh, it's really exciting. You know, it's only three days as opposed to going to ten days, but yeah, it's it, nice though. No, it's great. Uh, but I'm going to be giving that garlic away, and this stuff. This is a variety called Music that I love. If you've never grown garlic before, this is the one to start with because it gives you that big giant head. Uh, and and growing garlic is so easy, and and what you get out of your garden, as far as garlic is concerned, is just like anything else out of the garden. It's just it's a different species than what you get from the store. It's just absolutely amazing, and. the the garlic from Janoski's. And if you're out there, pick up some of their garlic because you're getting it for a good deal. Oh, Always look at the bright side, Rob. (laughs) One
1: of these days, (laughs) I'm going to sell these unheard stories in some sort of book and
2: make a million. Well, Mrs. Know-it-all, she sent us a text. Did she? Boy, did she have a great... uh, Tomatoes. Tomato season. Yes. Yeah, she sent... uh, Boy... Looks good. We're going to have to post that. I have to post that picture. Uh, we'll talk about it when she comes on. But yeah, man, she had a great tomato season. Yeah, she did. And you know what?
1: I must tell you, I still believe your tomatoes aren't that bad. You're just being hard on yourself. Anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to give the 10th caller out there an opportunity to win a gift certificate from Janowski's. If you're 412 922 1020 number 10, you're going to win that gift certificate to Janowski's. Now, do you have anything else to say about that garlic at Janowski's? We got a couple of minutes here. Go ahead.
2: Oh, if you're in the market for garlic, the thing about it, I always, you know, we get to, we're not planting till October and sometimes now, not until November. But if you're out at Janoski's, if you buy this garlic, you buy it as food. It's cheaper than when you're buying it as seed, uh, even though it's the same thing. And since we know it's grown locally, since we know uh, what the variety is, we know that it's hardy. I mean. You can't go wrong, you you know, if if you're interested in growing garlic. And when we get to the time, I'll talk all about how to plant it. And certainly, I've got lots of garlic information on my website. But, you know, yesterday I was actually writing most of the day, but then went out in the garden and uh, worked for a little bit and came back in, smashed up an entire head of garlic and (laughs) made up On uh, purpose? (laughs) It was part of the... Part of dinner. <laughs> how do you
1: smash it up? What do you use? A mallet, Just a knife. The old oh, knife, slice yeah. and dice. Okay, like,
2: uh, you know how like when a car salesman shakes your hand, he's got that kind of like oily like cologne on that's supposed oh, to stick stop stick that. with you. Well, mine smells like garlic. So when you shake my hand, it smells like garlic, and I don't care.
1: You know what's funny? It's been years since you've walked into this room and smelled like garlic. Well, it's
2: been years since I walked into this room. That's that's right off the bat because <laughs> no, of I, no, COVID, I but. You, can't, you don't think I smell like garlic today? No. Oh, I don't know, man. I could smell it on me.
1: But you know what? You never get a cold, though. <laughs> that's true. And I never see any vampires around here. <laughs> that's
2: true, too. <laughs> all right. you uh,
1: You're having a bit of a reunion today.
2: Yeah, the, all the people that I went to England and Amsterdam uh, with uh, in May were getting together for a, a little potluck dinner, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I always like seeing everybody again usually these trips we try and get some kind of reunion together because you know you spent a couple weeks together and exploring uh an area i you know i i see people all the time that i've i've traveled with i can't a lot of times i can't remember where we traveled to since i've been doing this for so long but i know that we traveled together uh next up is uh is tuscany so just take a look at uh dougoster.com any calls rob or should I talk about seed saving? Talk about seed saving. All right. So I love saving my own seeds. The main thing you need to know about saving your own seeds is there's two big giant plant families, and I've ha- I got all this at the webs at my website. So if you're listening at home and you don't get all of it, just go there and you can see. But saving seeds, it's just awesome. Uh, so you got these two big families: hybrid and the. Only thing else is open-pollinated. So a hybrid means that using conventional breeding techniques, a breeder took something from one plant and something from another plant, like two different tomatoes, crossed them together, and and made this great tomato that, or whatever it might be, flower, whatever it might be. But those seeds will not be the same thing as what was grown. It, oftentimes they're sterile or revert to one of the parents used to make it. In open-pollinated varieties, and it'll always say on the tag or on the seed packet if it's hybrid or not, in open-pollinated varieties, when you save the seeds, it makes the same thing. Now, you could have some fun with hybrids and see what happens, uh, but they're not as stable even when they do sprout as far as producing the same thing. With open-pollinated, and there's millions of different open-pollinated varieties, whether it's tomatoes or flowers or beans or whatever it is, and... All you do to save seeds is you're swooping in there before the plant releases its seeds. So in the case of a tomato, all the tomato is for a plant is a seed delivery system. And so if we weren't involved, it would grow that tomato. It would fall off and the seeds would drop and boom, they would they would sprout the next year and year after year after year. That's how it works. So whether it's flowers or tomatoes or beans or whatever it is, you just get there before that plant discards its seeds, and you save them, and then you'll be so surprised at how high your germination rates are.
1: All right. Hey, John, you're on KDKA. How's things in Shady Side? Say good morning to Doug Oster. Yeah, good morning, Doug. I just wanted to comment about nutritional value of garlic. It's almost at the top of the list, and we all know it's good for respiratory, cholesterol levels, And when I was reading about it, they said centuries ago, the old Italians would wear it around their neck to keep evil spirits away.
2: Hmm. Maybe I should wear it in here. (laughs) Stop that. There's no (laughs) evil spirits in here.
1: Raw garlic. I eat every other day about the size of a fingernail, and I put it with food or just drink a piece with water, and I'm good for an old man.
2: No, oh, that sounds good because I do the same thing. I I eat a little clove every day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's good for you. How
1: long have you been married?
2: <laughs> for actually, uh, tomorrow it's forty-one years. Oh, well, happy anniversary! Thank
1: you. Wishing you nothing but a great garlic crop moving forward. <laughs> Here's Ben on KDK for Doug Oster. Hi, Ben.
3: Hey. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Doug. I have a real quick question. I know I'm late tr- trimming the rhododendron. Uh, it has since gone probably about 12 inches out of the normal growth pattern. Is it too late to do anything, say, so let it go to uh, spring?
2: Well, I would be, be much better for you to wait until spring as soon as it's done blooming. Because if you're cutting off anything now, you're probably cutting off buds and flowers for next year. As long as it's not uh, really in the way, put this on your calendar to do in next May. And as soon as it's done blooming, the day those flowers are done, then do your pruning. And as I said with the uh, earlier caller, never take more than one third and be very careful with your pruning. Pruning is science and art. And so take your time. Look at the plant. Uh, But don't, uh, if you prune now, you're going to be losing a lot of different, a lot of flowers. And you want to see those flowers in the spring, don't you? I do. All and right. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: All right, let's keep it going. Let's say hi to Dottie. Dottie, you're on the air with Doug Oster. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have a question on uh, two lilac bushes I have. Uh, when when I can trim them, that seems to be the question of the day.
2: Yeah, it's it's the pruning <laughs> show. It's the garlic and pruning show <laughs> with Rob Pratt.
3: <laughs> I and, so enjoy
4: it.
2: Uh, so lilac's the same thing. They already put their buds on. And so, any pruning you do now, you're going to be removing flowers. And so, lilacs are are pruned again, same sort of thing. As soon as they are done blooming, then we can cut them. Again, though, you know, with a lilac, if it's a big plant and uh, you've got lots of buds on there, if, if something was like in the way, you know, you couldn't stand it, you'd be okay to prune it. But just know that by pruning that. You're going to be pruning off next year's flowers, and for a lilac, which we kind of call a one-trick pony, but it's a phenomenal trick. Just those fragrant flowers, mm, you, you don't. Beautiful. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. So right, as long as it's not a problem, wait until the the day they're done blooming. Uh, Timing is everything on a lot of these plants, just so you get the best out of them. All
1: right, you know what? I don't want to leave JT hanging because we're getting ready for Mrs. Know It All. JT, you got about a minute. Go ahead, please. Welcome to KDKA.
4: Yeah, Doug, just wanted to know any thoughts on raising uh, daffodils in raised flower beds? We have three of those uh, Vega beds we put in. And also, second question, uh, what would be another good spring blooming thing that's resistant to deer?
2: All right, so for the daffodils, as long as there's good drainage, there, there's no problem. You'll be okay in those, those raised beds. Um, and then if it's bulbs you're thinking about for uh, deer-resistant, it's early on would be gl- uh, snowdrops, glory of snow, uh, of course your daffodils. What am I forgetting? Alliums would be a May bloomer, which would be deer-resistant. Um, let me think of what else, irises, although some people do tell me that the deer sometimes eat their irises, but uh, snowdrops and gl- glorious snow and snowdrops for sure. That's, they're very early bloomers and not around long, you know, just a few weeks, but easy to grow because they're small bulbs, easy to plant. And you can put those in, in that bed over the the daffodils. Daffodils will be done lower, and those will be up higher.
1: All right. Thank you for the call. Quick break. Back with more of Doug Oster, DougOster.com, the organic gardener in moments. We're back, Rob Pratt, Doug
2: Oster, and guess who's here? Yeah, time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber, who had a great tomato year and a bee- great bean year, too, huh? Oh, absolutely. Good for I you.
4: Think, I think the trick is keeping it watered, mm-hmm. you know, about every third day. If we didn't have rain and we had those high temperatures, I was out there. I had soaker hoses, and I let them run for two or three hours. My water bill looks like the national debt, uh. but I, I have tomatoes and I have beans. And, you know, the peppers are doing really well, and actually even my spec uh, boxes are doing pretty well.
2: Uh, I Actually, I am having a great pepper year, but not a great tomato year for me. But uh, I've been hearing from lots of people there – saying that their tomatoes aren't ripening up?
4: Well, there's a couple reasons for that. One, it depends on when you planted them. You know, so if you weren't planting them till like mid to late June because of the wacky weather we had, usually depending on the tomato, uh, it can be six to eight weeks before they really start forming buds. And then you have to get the water into them so that they actually grow tomatoes. The other thing is, a lot of tomatoes will not ripen in high heat. Uh, you know, And I oh, have we had high heat this summer? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was beginning to wish for winter, and I really hate snow. <laughs> but that's another issue. And, of course, the variety of tomatoes that you're growing. There are some that are early. There's mid-season and late-season. So that's also dependent on, you know, those other factors of the weather and the amount of water.
2: What were those big tomatoes that you sent me the picture of?
4: Well, there were actually two in there. Uh, one is called Delicious. It's an old variety. I've been growing it for decades. The other is Whopper Improved that I get mm. from Park Seed. It used to be when it was first introduced, Organic Gardening Fifty for their anniversary, right. and then it eventually became you know as a Whopper Improved. But it's a good all round tomato.
2: So how about weeds? Uh, What are you doing with what are you doing with your weeds?
4: Uh, Well, you know, I'd really like to poison the chipmunk lesson because he's doing damage to the garden this year. But with the weeds, I have actually been because a lot of them, not my vegetable garden. That's not an issue because that's well most but out in my landscape beds. I've been having weeds pop up and, you know, we had that string of rain and then you're like, you know, where did the weeds come from? They got, a, they did get away from me this year. So after rain and hopefully we'll have some more rain today and go out tomorrow and pretty much you can pull them up by hand, you know, because they, well, they have the roots. The exception would be Canada thistle, which you've got to dig out. There's just no two ways about it. But the weeds are much easier if you water them first, and then they come right out. I actually filled a leaf bag with weeds. So none of us are perfect. We get weeds just like everybody else.
2: (laughs) And some of us just look the other way. What's, uh, real quick, what's the chipmunk doing?
4: The chipmunk, oh, I can't say that on the air. He is... (laughs) He is climbing up my trellis work in my garden, and he's going over and eating the tops of the tomatoes. So actually, he seems to prefer my Roma tomatoes, which is really upsetting me.
2: <laughs> and, and that is the problem I'm having, too. That's what my tomato year isn't as good, because I don't know what to do with a, a chipmunk or a squirrel that's after tomatoes. I used to think, okay, maybe maybe just wants the water. I'll leave water out there, but that hasn't been effective.
4: No. And you know what? It's not that I usually I have one or two chipmunks and, you know, the hawk or somebody takes care of them. This year, I'll bet you I have half a dozen or more. I've got holes everywhere from them, too.
2: All right, Mrs. Know-it-all. Great information. Uh, Congratulations on such a nice season, too. And please post uh, those tomato pictures. That's a pretty amazing harvest. All right. I'm answering questions after the show, as always, at DougOster.com. If you didn't get through or you're too shy to call, I'd be glad to help you out. Check out my new video about how to make and use compost and Davey's safety tips related to ticks. Also, all the information about my upcoming trip to Italy is there. That is going to be so much fun. And try saving your own seeds. Give it a shot. Go to DougOster.com. All the all the information on how to save them is there, and you'll love it because you can share them with friends. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you grow, each seed you sow, and every garden you grow. That's smooth, huh, Rob? Very smooth. Hard to <laughs> believe you've only done that about a million three times. <laughs> it's hard to believe I still have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay.